I, I just have to say, all the moms look especially beautiful today. Anybody agree? Yeah, thank God for moms. Yeah, awesome. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Michael, and if you don't know me, then that means you're a guest, so welcome. I think I speak for all of us here at Summit Church. A group of friends uh, uh, were surprised by this note they got after they gave a friend, a mom of three, a particular gift. The note came back, many thanks for the playpen. It's been used every day from two to five. Each afternoon, I get in it, get in it and read. <laughs> the children can't get near me. <laughs> yeah, so if you're, a, if you're a young mom and you're feeling the tension of it all and you occasionally get a headache, there's two things on every aspirin bottle to pay particular attention to. One is take two. The second one is keep away from children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to honor moms on a particular Mother's Day, a gas station committed a, a, a fatal faux pas when this sign was out front. Free carnation to every mom with gas. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one fits too perfectly with the morning because you can walk on water here. Mothers and evolution, it's called. If progressive, if progressive evolution is so accurate, then how is it that moms still come with only two hands? Ah, yeah, thank you, moms. So, okay, last week, uh, Jesus miraculously fed, 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 fled, fed this crowd of some 15 to 25,000 people. We explored that last week. Uh, having, having been given just two small fish, five small loaves of bread by a little boy. I mean, that is an unlikely source. When we come to our text today in John chapter 6, verse 16, the disciples get in a boat and they head across the lake toward Capernaum. We'll see here that it, it's the middle of the night, it's dark, Jesus isn't with them, and we pick up the text here in verse 18. It says, a strong wind was blowing, the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water. And they were frightened, but he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. All right, now I want to take you over to the Gospel of Matthew because he tells the story a little bit differently over in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. And, and let me just say that there might be those who would say, okay, so their story's different, you know, it contradicts itself, uh, therefore it, it, it makes it invalid, not real. Well, that's fascinating to me because many scholars on the secular side want to argue that these disciples got together, put their heads together, and made all of this up together. And the fact that each tells the story a little bit differently adds validity to the reality of what's going on here. You know, Valerie and I have now been married longer than we were ever apart. And I, I think you've picked up from time to time, I'll tell a story and I'll look at her. And if you, get, if you get her part of the story, it's often the better part of the story. 
And so we need to look at it this way. And so we pick it up, Matthew 14, 24, the boat's being buffeted. It's in trouble, being tossed by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, this is about three in the morning. And, and for this reason, you have to wonder if this storm was an attack of the enemy. Friends, that hour of the morning is, is what seems to be when spirits are most active. It's curious always to me, if you remember when you were a kid, boasting about staying out till 4 a.m. And it's because we're staying out into this fourth watch of the night when nothing good can really happen here. So here they are, middle of the night. Jesus went out to them. There it is, walking on the lake. Verse 26, seeing him, the disciples were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear and Jesus immediately said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Praise God. Disciples are recognizing Jesus for who he is. A couple of quick things that, that jumped out to me. First, notice Jesus said in verse 27, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And, and what I noticed there is what Jesus didn't say and what Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't immediately calm the storm. There's a very real message right here, and I appreciate uh, Garrick. What, wasn't worship sweet with those guys today? Thanks, you guys, for stepping up. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, but the, there's a message here for us, and it's that um, you can find courage, and you can trust Jesus even in the midst of the storm. You don't have to wait until the storm passes. I mean, you call out to God. He may not immediately change your circumstances. Circumstances may not change. The waves may threaten. The, the winds may howl and try to just mess things all up, pounding against you. But you can trust God right there in the midst of your storm. Did you hear me? You can trust God in the midst of your storm. Yeah, you can trust him. You better believe it. Second thing I really appreciate is Peter crying out, Lord, save me. Man, I've prayed that prayer a few times. Anybody else? Yeah. It always reminds me of a dear friend that I've, I know I talk about her on occasion because she sincerely would say whenever things got really rough, Jesus, pay attention. <laughs> and I just hear her say that, and I love it, love it, love it. Jesus, pay he's paying attention, you know. But uh, sometimes we're not sure. Lord, save me. And I think you can re relate. And then... Uh, rescuing Peter, Jesus said, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Would anybody say, yeah, that's my story? You have little faith, why did you doubt? Yeah, why, why do I seem to, to lack faith in situations of life? Why do I forget what God has done for me in the past? Well, I, I think I'm making slight progress along the way, and it's good to know, it's good to be reminded He's still working on me, right? Yeah, he hasn't given up. 
Third thing I notice is this. We, we, we tend to laugh at Peter when we read this, but have you considered this? Peter wasn't the only disciple in that boat on this dark, stormy night, but he was the only disciple who got the experience of being a water walker. Could the other disciples have had that privilege as well? Absolutely. But get this. Instead, they clung to their boat for security. Did you hear it? Instead, they clung to their boat for security. And, and so it puts in front of us, what are you clinging to for security? <laughs> in this kind of a storm, a boat like that is not very good security. They're clinging to their boat. They're going to be boat potatoes. And Peter is going to get the fun of walking on water. And I believe that God gives every one of us opportunities to get outside of our boats, outside of our comfort zones, and experience some incredible adventures in life. Adventures beyond our wildest hopes, dreams, or imaginations. But we've got to recognize that we're holding on to some false things for our security. And we need to be willing to let those go as God is calling us in order to follow him into what he has for us. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. So here's a couple of things that uh, build off of this now. Things you need to know if you're going to be a water walker <laughs> today. Uh, first one is this. There's a huge difference between faith and, and foolishness. Yeah. Uh, a man appeared at the pearly gates of heaven. St. Peter met him there and asked, have you ever done a selfless act helping someone else? The man didn't even have to think. He said, why, yes, uh, sure enough. Once I helped a, a young woman who was being harassed by, by, by a rough gang of bikers. I, I, I told them, leave her alone, and when they didn't, I went after the biggest one. I, I knocked him on the head. I kicked his bike over. I ripped out his nose ring. I threw it on the ground, and, and, and I said to the rest of them, leave her alone, or you will have to deal with me. Peter, St. Peter was like, wow, when did that happen? The guy thought a minute. He said, well, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> So I think most of us would agree when we study Peter, he's a pretty impulsive guy. There's, there's a number of examples. I mean, there's, there was this one time that uh, Jesus had been preparing the disciples for the day that he would be arrested. He'd been speaking that word to them. And then when it happened, Peter impulsively grabbed his sword, chopped off the ear of one of the arresting officers. Jesus, you know, picked up that ear replaced on the guy fully healing him and he said you know Peter if I wanted to I could call 10,000 angels to come to my side put your sword away right yeah then earlier earlier he was talking to his disciples about his impending death Peter pulled him aside the Bible says can you imagine this Peter rebuked Jesus right and and what Jesus said there Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block. You do not have in mind the things of God. And, and man, I read Peter. I can relate to Peter. I mean, there are things in my life that it would probably be best 
Michael Descoli, just to be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to become angry. Peter, in his impulsiveness, his impulsiveness got him into trouble. That I can relate. Can anybody else relate? Huh? Yeah, thank you for your honesty right there. But actually, I see something else happening right here uh, today in, in the text. Surprises, surprises. Peter didn't just jump out of the boat the minute he saw Jesus walking on the water. Notice the first thing he did, right? He said, verse 28, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And until that happened, Peter didn't move. And this takes us to the second thing that I think is valuable today as we learn about being water walkers, and that faith must be about learning to hear the voice of God. And it must be about learning to get our marching orders from the Lord. When, when Peter rebuked uh, Jesus for, taking, for talking about his impending death, Jesus says, you don't have in mind the things of God. And, and honestly, I think that that is really a distinguishing factor between faith and foolishness. Foolishness is me moving on what I want when I want it. But faith is learning to understand what God is saying and walk in that. In fact, Scripture says that it's the fear of the Lord coming into proper respect and relationship with the Lord that leads to all wisdom. So Peter didn't walk on the, walk on the water on his own volition of his, of his own will. And what we need to understand is that association with Jesus isn't licensed to do whatever Jesus did anytime we feel like it. I think one of the great examples that popped to mind as I was reading this was in Acts chapter 9 when there were all sorts of miracles being done in, in Jesus' name. And uh, in verse 13, we see these Jews, known as the sons of Sceva, that were trying to cash in on, on what was happening right here. And so they try to cast a demon out of a guy saying this, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, I find that really interesting that they're not even talking about themselves. In the name of this Jesus who we have faith in and who has changed our lives we come to you. They're saying, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And then one of them says, I command you, come out. And then if you look at verse 15 there, the Spirit responded. Listen to this. Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Uh-oh. I mean... Oh, immediately this man with the evil spirit jumped on these guys. He gave them such a beating that they walked out of that house naked and bleeding. Oh, my goodness. Huh? Yeah. Have you ever moved on something in your own volition, in your own time, and you felt like you got beat up? I think preachers do this. They go, you know, we go away to these conferences. We see what worked everywhere else, and we think, that's it. We take home our bag of tricks, and... Oh, my goodness. See, there's a huge difference between faith and foolishness. Before you ever step out of this boat in faith and God calls us to step out of, boat, of, out of our boats, it's good to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, learning to listen to God. In fact, in another place, the Bible says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, your Bible might use a different word right there. It might use the word discipline, and that's a good word because this is what it's talking about. It's a disciplined mind. Yes, Jesus tells us not to be afraid, but we're distinguishing 
between this line of thou shalt not be afraid and thou shalt not be ridiculous. A big difference between stepping out of faith, stepping out in folly. So if we're going to be honest right here, you know, here we, we claim to be following, following Christ, but we do take things into our own hands at, at times. We do it in relationships. We do it in finances. We just try. Man, I've got to tell you, what causes, what maximizes my stress and increases my weakness is when I begin to feel out of control. And I'm trying to control, 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 and I can't control. That's where I get beat up. And learning to entrust and give things to God, this is where I find victory. Job choices, what's next for me, relocating, all of these things. We, we step on our own, then we rationalize it with all sorts of spiritual language. And what Jesus is saying is, honestly, you don't have in mind the things of God. Learning to recognize the voice of God. Water walking, it's not some crazed impulsiveness of some thrill-seeking personality. That's not what's going on here. It's not presumption uh, on God. We don't just jump out of a boat with our eyes closed, hoping for the best. Water walking is learning to wait on the Lord, to understand what the Lord is saying. So how do we do that? Well, pause. Be still. I heard that in the song today. Right? I wanted to get up and sing another Be Still song that was resonating with me, going through my mind. It's good to sit on things for a season. It really is. Sometimes it's good to seek the counsel of, of spiritual brothers and sisters, even have them pray for us, speak into our lives if God gives them a word for us. Has anybody been in the midst of a, a circumstance and somebody spoken to your life and like, whoa, oh my word, that was timely. Yeah. Okay, so now I have to give a qualifier and, uh, here because, yes, as a, as, a, as a primary rule, we need to learn to pause and hear what God is saying. Give things to God. Listen. Sometimes it's for a short season. Sometimes for, it's for a long season. But I want to thank God for those young men this week at that high school who moved immediately into action. Yeah. Okay, now honestly, I haven't heard uh, anyone giving glory to God in that situation yet. Has anybody heard anyone giving glory to God in that situation? Good, praise God, praise God. But I've listened to some of the interviews, uh, really encourage you to, to look at the stuff, uh, listen to the parents of, of Castillo, the young man who was, who was killed, listen to the young man, his friend who survived, that's about a 27-minute video, listen to what they're saying, but those guys, because of what's been happening in our society, people are thinking ahead, and they're not just laying back passively in fear, but they're moving forward immediately in action, they're responding, and, and that's what those kids did, so I'm saying that as a rule in life, we need to practice pausing, laying things before God, making sure we're taking, not, not deciding out of panic, but deciding in confidence with God, but there may be those times that we need to be ready to move and trust God that he's moving with us. Amen? You better believe it. So this is, takes us to the third thing that I saw, and that is that faith follow-through is about where we are setting our, our sights. Okay, so it's this dark, stormy night. The boat and the crew are, are in danger. Here comes Jesus walking on water. I, I, that sentence, there's a song I used to do with, with uh, you, maybe the college group at NAU, they used to go, here comes Jesus, 
See him walking on the water. He'll lift you up and he'll help you to stand. Here comes Jesus. He's the master of the waves and sea. I don't know if I know the rest, so we'll stop right there. But it's just funny the way my brain works. Does anybody remember that song? Here comes Jesus. See him walking on the water. Yeah. Well, just not too many of us. <laughs> I guess it's not in the hymn book. <laughs> not quite there yet. Anyway, so here comes Jesus. And, and though the d- disciples could see him, they, they couldn't quite make him out. They're, they're, they're in a panic right here. Jesus speaks these words of, of, of comfort. And I think right here is a good place to bring back in this impulsive side of Peter. Because, yes, I do see it here. Okay? Yes, Peter got his eyes focused. He knew it was the Lord. Yes, Peter heard the Lord's voice say, come. So, so his eyes are on Jesus. He heard the voice of the Lord saying, come in. But here's the deal. Maybe, just maybe, he forgot about the storm for, for just a minute. Maybe he forgot about the storm for just a, a minute. Perhaps all he could see right now was an opportunity. I can walk on water. And as, lo- as, as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was, he was doing just great, doing really well. And then what happens in verse 30? He saw the wind. So this is very important, and, and I think we need to spend a few minutes here of, of what's going on, because this happens really in the faith world. I mean, we get so excited. I mean, these kids getting ready to go to youth camp. Man, highlight of my life, taking kids to camp. And I'm so excited about what's going to happen at camp. Taking kids to conferences, taking people to conferences, watching them come alive in the spirit and the things of God, seeing them walking on water. But sometimes when we step out of those meetings, reality hits a solid square in the face because somehow we forgot that in a very real sense, in this fallen world, we're doing life in storms. We're doing life in storms. You're either, you're either going into a storm, you're either in the middle of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. <laughs> life is a series of storms. And so, so here we are, we're walking on water, we're doing just great, and then we get home and we find things haven't changed, and all of a sudden we begin to sink. We get our eyes on Jesus and off Jesus and off and uh, onto the storm, yeah. And then I think about people who have been walking with the Lord a long, long time. And that's me, even now, seeing God come through in, in some incredible ways and, and confidence that we can move, that we can go with the Lord, that we can do this, that nothing is impossible. And then something happens that knocks us off course and, and we find ourselves sinking again. Oh, man. And it's right here we need to hear and see Jesus reaching out his hand. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And I think sometimes we read this like Jesus is reprimanding him, like something terrible is going on here. But that's not what's going on. He's saying it like a coach would would say it. The way to maintain your victory is to get your eyes off of your storm and on to the master of the storm. That's what it's talking about right here, okay? So we have this thing around here, all eyes on Jesus. (coughs) Excuse me. 
All eyes on Jesus. All eyes on Jesus, first off, because that's what got you out of your boat in the first place. That's what got you out of your comfort zone in the first place. When we get our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on water even in the storm. When we fixate on the storm, that's where we're going to get in trouble. Now, why would anyone, I mean, haven't you heard pastors joke about this? You know, why would anyone want to jump out of a perfectly good plane? You've heard them, right? right? Why would anyone want to step out of a perfectly good boat, right? Well, get this. This is very important, friends. Ready for it? We were made for risk. We were made for risk, and the moment we stop risking is the moment we stop trusting, having to trust, and the moment we stop having to trust is the moment we find ourselves with little reason to get out of bed in the morning, robbed of all purpose, and man, right now I'm thinking about a conference so many years ago when I heard about a survey conducted among a hundred men and women over the age of 90, if you had it to do over again, what would you do differently? whole bunch of answers, but brought down to just three things. And the number one answer, can you believe it? Take more risks. Risk is where you have to trust. Everything in life is calling us to settle, to store up enough so you can finally get comfortable and kick back and relax. But I'm telling you, you were made to step out with the Lord. And so I want to rattle the comfort zones a little bit that it's getting our eyes on Jesus that gets us out of our boats. You probably want to know what the other two are. I totally didn't intend to go there, um, but I might as well tell you if I can remember. Number one, take more risk. Number two is reflect more. So number one is risk. Number two is reflect. What's that all about? Well, when you risk, right, there's going to there's going to be some defeats, and there's going to be some successes, okay? So it's coming to this place of measuring those and evaluating before you step out on your next risk, okay? Yeah, so risk more, reflect more, and then number three is, uh, these, these have just consumed me over the years, invest in more things that will outlive you. Yeah, yeah, invest in more things that will. And, and, you know, I feel sad for this culture right now. And, and bless you guys. We love you guys. But, ha- but putting off having kids or not even having kids uh, because of the responsibility side of it. Raising kids is hard. It, it's messy. It, it can, I mean, it's, it's not honky-dory. And it's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's poopy diapers. I mean, it's, it's stinky stuff. It's a, it's, and, and there's personalities. I mean, it's edgy. Are you kidding me? We're giving everything for you. And you're blowing it up in our faces. Are you kidding me? Can I just be honest a little bit about how you feel about parenting? But this is the legacy right here. This is giving your life away for something. We're holding on, and when we hold on, we're deprived, we're robbed. Don't just hold on, friends. The fallacy of retirement. Man, I am just totally off here, but God bless it. The fallacy of retirement. Man, the greats of the Bible, 80 years old, and they were just getting going. 
come on, come on. 80 years old and just getting going. And I think about my, my, that old preacher, Pastor George Vogue, sitting in the front row, right? I don't know how old he was when they put him in Good Sam, and I was worried about him. We started our prayer meeting at Good Sam, and he said, oh, Mike, 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 God has opened up for me a whole new mission field. <laughs> Love that guy. That's the way I want to live. Secondly, all eyes on Jesus, because when God calls you out of the boat, he's going to give you the power to keep on walking. All eyes on Jesus, yeah. One of the great things about learning to do life outside of the boat is you get to see God come through for you in some really amazing ways, ways you could have never have imagined. And we call it learning to trust God in everything, every area of life. See, God doesn't call us out of our boats to watch us sink. He calls us out of our boats to build our faith. So again, when he said, to Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? He's not being negative. He's being positive to set him up for future success. That's what that's all about. So I was thinking about um, God calling me to go back to school, to go study for the ministry. It's interesting because uh, this may not make sense to you, but this is my story, okay? So you can't take my story, and don't try to make my story your story. God's got his own story for you. <laughs> but when God called me, he gave me a really safe boat. I mean, Mr. Davidson, my spiritual mentor, he told me, get a trade in the meantime. It was amazing how God opened doors for me to become an electrician. Before I was finished with school, a big company, Gates Learjet, spotted me and hired me. Oh, man, what a secure boat at age 20. Oh, man, benefits pay but God said you're gonna have ten thousand dollars and then you're gonna go away to school I didn't know what it meant right so when God called me to pack up and head to school when I only could see sixty five hundred dollars thirty five hundred dollars short of the goal I was wondering did I miss something am I stepping out you know how you have those questions and doubts and fear right kind of thing I was thinking money in the bank God had something totally else in mind so I step out, I get to school, and lo and behold, Learjet had a check in my mailbox when I got there for over $1,200 that I, where'd that come from, right? Yeah, it was back pay for benefits I didn't use. Boom, there it was. Then I got additional scholarship money I never experienced and never thought of. And then, here's the clincher, a dear old woman that just seemed poor as could be and, and like didn't have anything. When, when, when it was said that I was called into the ministry, she just started trembling and she ran up to find me and she said, God wants me to give you something. I need you to pray about what that something is supposed to be. And I'm like, wait, well, I'll pray, I'll pray. You know, for a while. have you been praying? I've been praying, yeah, I've been praying. She said, I know what it is one Sunday. It was a piece of junk sitting in the back of her closet that when she finally got me to take it, the value of it at the moment she gave me was $10,000. I'm convinced that that's what God was talking about. Here I am counting my pennies waiting for, for this 10K in the bank, only having 65 when he calls me out, and suddenly he far exceeded any of it with something like, 25k and her whole reason was God's going to use I'll tell the story another time God's going to use this to help you in ministry well it was amazing the timing of that gift because 
God didn't call us to cash in on it until a number of years later. And at that point, we sold it for $17,000. And I'll never, ever forget what that lady had done. You see, he didn't send me to school to watch me sink. He sent me to build my faith up. So we keep our eyes on Jesus because that's what gets us out of the boat in the first place. We keep our eyes on Jesus because that's what's going to keep us walking on the water. But the reason that we have this statement, all eyes on Jesus, is because that became my road to personal victory. Eyes, All eyes on Jesus is about your victory and overcoming the things in life that are taking you out and are taking you down and keeping you from being involved with what God has called you to. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, <clears throat> it's awesome. I've never had my voice go out like last week. Today I've got hot tea and I've got faith in God. <laughs> but you got to hear this, friends. <clears throat> I am amazed how we allow ourselves to get messed up by weather reports. And, and, and I can't believe how long I've lived in Estes Park and still people are talking about snow in May like it's some kind of new thing. <laughs> I mean, is there something wrong with me? Am I missing something here? Huh? I mean, come on. I've been driving in mountains in Arizona in August and had to stop because I'm in the middle of a blizzard. We live in the mountains. But there's something fascinating that I discovered. And it just blows my mind that I can get on an airplane on a gloomy, cloudy day. And that plane takes off. And all of a sudden, we're going through the cloud. And we get on top. And what do we discover? Woo! The sun's still shining. So can I just invite you to a little party? On top of the clouds, the sun is always shining. Shut the weather report off and learn to walk on the clouds. Because it's so glorious to see that breakthrough. The Apostle Paul, man, he understood this. Even in prison, suffering for the Lord, he said this. I know what it is to be in need of oh, the storms. I know what it is to have plenty sunshine. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, sunshine, or hungry, or the storm. Whether living in plenty, sunshine, or in want, the storm. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can walk on water. We get so fixated on the problem that we can't see the victory. And seeing Jesus is the way to seeing victory. Oh, man, don't make anything superficial out of this. Just hear that little, that little tweak that no matter what you're in, he's still on the throne and he's ruling and he is victorious and he wants to share his victory with you. So just three little things to help you here for building trust. Number one, and this is, this is me, determine every day, in fact, <laughs> maybe multiple times in a day, to keep your eyes on Jesus. Go over to Hebrews 12, too, where it says, you know, that we're to run our race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, and it tells us some things to get rid of that weigh us down, right? But then it says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, 
we got a track star here. Estes Park High School potentially is going to make it to state. Wondering if it's going to happen, all right? But here's the prize and the goal. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author of your faith and the perfecter, finisher of your faith. Run toward Jesus. My eyes on Jesus, right? You learn to row a, a boat and you find you're meandering all over the lake until someone says you need to set your sights on a stationary goal and then row. Otherwise, you're going all over the place. Hear it today. Get your sights on Jesus. It's real. It's practical. It works. If you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Surrender to him. Be honest about your struggles, your addictions, your, your, your lies, your secrets, all of that stuff. He knows about it anyway. And come home to the Lord. And secondly, I would call you to begin memorizing God's word. You are bombarded every day, every day, every day, every day with negative, wrong messages. And you're building your philosophy on wrong messages. I want to encourage you as your pastor to learn the truth. Learn the word of God. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Not all the other stuff, okay? So, so be, you know, Psalm 119.11. Two scriptures here, Hebrews 12, what? First one, two, Hebrews 12, two, right? Eyes on Jesus, and, and then a Psalm 119.11, where it says, Thy word, God's word, have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against him, right? Knowing the word is part of your keeping your eyes on Jesus. And then number three, as God gives you these victory stories, keep track of them. One of the great things about being able to sit down each week in the Word and in prayer is I get to remember what God has done in the past. I forget. Sometimes I read old notes and I remind it. David got it when he went after the Philistine giant. What was that Philistine giant's name? There you go. What did he say right there? It's in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine because your past victories are, are part of your future success. It's all about keeping your eyes on Jesus. And I love what Isaiah said to God. He said this word to God. You will keep him, her, us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he, she, they trust in you. Oh, man. Life knocks me off. People knock me off, of course. Circumstances knock me off. Stuff knocks me off. Man, does, have you noticed how stuff can wear you out? Golly, got to manage all the stuff. But the call today, you can walk on water. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Yeah, let's stop right here. I think this is good. Let's just stop right here. You know, it, it's so fascinating to me to, to be able to share the word like this because uh, um, how do I get out of the way and let God have his way? And, and, and you would think it, it would be a humiliating thing when someone is spoken to by God in a setting like this and, and they think you said something, but you know you never said it. It's because the Spirit of God is speaking, and that's why I love these two questions. The first question is this. What is it that God wants you to know today? What's he saying to you? What's he saying to you? And then your part, how will you respond to what he's saying? Let's just stop right now. Where are you? What's he saying? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up.
And I just want you to take a moment right here. And I believe God's Holy Spirit is moving in an area of your life right now. And, and if, if you're not feeling Him moving in your life particularly, that you're drawn to pray for someone else, that you, you have a sense that He's speaking into their life. You just join and agree with God in believing on their behalf. Would you do that? Yeah. Father God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the many stories in this room of how you captured our eyes and our hearts and changed our course forever. And thank you that even now, there's a new story beginning. Glory, glory, glory. And uh, we're going to continue worshiping and in just a little bit our prayer partners are going to come up here i'm going to close with a blessing because i love to bless you um they're going to be here and if you need prayer in any area you want to talk about something they're here to serve to serve you but let's worship let's go to the lord and worship you were made for worship